Hi, friends. Welcome to the Rock Your Joy podcast. I'm your host, Anya Rock, a woman, artist, entrepreneur, mom, and high-performance coach. I'm working on becoming the best version of myself and inspiring others to do the same. This is my invitation to you to be part of the collective shifting of consciousness. Let's choose love. Let's choose joy. And let's rock your joy one day at a time. Hi, friends. Welcome back. I am deep in the middle of moving, and we are actually moving twice. We're moving out of our home here in Lincoln Park in Chicago, and we'll be renting for a month while our kids finish out their softball and baseball, and then we'll be making our final move to California at the end of July. And I was reflecting the other day on stress and stress management and the sense of overwhelm that can quickly sort of cascade upon these kinds of big life events. And I was taking a moment to just look at the tools that I'm using to help me and the checks and balances that I'm using. And I decided to share with you today some of the basics, almost a revisit to some of our earlier conversations about the pillars of wellness that we can use, some of the biohacks that I'm using to even take this wellness conversation further, and some of the ways that I'm staying happy, sane, and joyful through what is one of life's more stressful events. So the first thing that I'm doing is meditating every day, no matter what, no matter where. I never skip a day. Even if I sleep in, I find the time. No, I make the time. I am committed and have been for years to taking at least 10 minutes of my day, sometimes 20, but mostly just 10 minutes to sit down and meditate and start my day by going inward, by going in and meditating on the state of consciousness and noticing, becoming aware of the energy of my body, the energy of my thoughts, and the general state of my being for that day. It's a practice that I started several years ago. And when I started this process of planning our move, I made a commitment to myself that I was going to deepen my commitment to meditation. That instead of getting busy and getting stressed and sort of going off the cuff, that I was going to use the tools that help me on a daily basis and go deeper with them. So meditation is the first one. I follow up my meditation with morning pages. I would love to tell you that every single day it's three to four pages Sometimes it's not. Sometimes I get distracted by other things. But on average, I sit down for another 10 to 15 minutes and I just write stream of consciousness journaling. I just brain dump whatever's on my mind, all the things I have to do that day, what I'm worried about, what I'm wondering about, what emotions I'm feeling, maybe what came up for me in my meditation. No one's reading this. It's not prompted or I'm not using kind of a set number of questions. I'm just allowing myself 
to take what's on my mind through my heart and out my pen. This practice has allowed me a deeper awareness, again, of my state of being, of the fears that are coming up and gives me right there in black and white an opportunity to see and hear where I want to go with my life. So that's something I've been equally committed to over the past few months as we've been ramping up for this move. The third is breathwork. I began my breathwork journey in about close to the beginning of the pandemic um, in 2020. My core energetics practitioner encouraged me to do breathwork and introduced me to my breathwork mentor, David Elliott. And in sort of true Anya fashion, I decided not only to practice breathwork, but to learn breathwork and how to teach breathwork. Because similar to when I became a yoga teacher, anything that I love, I want to be able to share. I want to really understand. I want to get deep into why it works and how it works and then be able to share it with others. And so over the past year, I have gone through the four levels of certification. I did the first three online, and then I traveled to Joshua Tree this past weekend and finished my level four certification. So I'm officially certified to teach breathwork and will continue to bring you breathwork and peel back some of the layers of why I think breathwork is so powerful. But it's something that I have been again, leaning on in my process, in my commitment to staying present through this process of moving and transition, in my commitment to not wanting to miss anything, to be really conscious and allow the fullness of sadness and joy and grief and fear, to allow for all of those emotions to have a space to play and to let them dissipate more quickly by allowing them to move through me. And the breath work helps me do that. And some of the other things I've been using, and these fall more in the biohacking, are tools to measure my underlying stress levels. So I have been someone who over the years has been fairly focused on diet and exercise and nutrition as ways to fuel my energy and health. But more recently, I've gotten interested in understanding how sleep and how the heart rate variability plays into our underlying stress and stress management and therefore our health. So a few probably about a year ago, I invested in an aura ring and this tool helps me to measure my sleep. It also tracks my heart rate variability and resting heart and restlessness and gives you at the end of the night a sleep score. So it looks at several different factors and gives you a score, which I think is hilarious because what I actually think happens is I start to compete with myself and I want a better sleep score. So I start to put into play things that will help me to sleep better, like 
drinking tea and going to bed early and turning off my electronics half an hour before bed and not staying up till 11 and (laughs) just curiosity invoked by the possibility of getting a higher sleep score. And it also gives you a readiness score. So you can have a great sleep, but have other underlying things that maybe it will say, you know, take it easy today or don't do a great workout. Usually several days before I have my period, my heart rate is a little elevated and my body temperature is elevated. And so it might say to me, you know, your body's fighting something or your body's up to something slow down and take it easy. And more recently, I was given by my high performance and optimized coach, uh, a heart rate variability monitor that I can take a heart rate variability reading every single day. And the heart rate variability is something I'm just beginning to understand of how it affects and, and is a way to not only monitor, but a way to understand the overall health of the body. So it's a physiological phenomenon of the variation in time interval between heartbeats. It's measured by the variation in the beat-to-beat interval. That's what heart rate variability is. Sometimes people call it cycle length variability, but more and more People are studying heart rate variability as it connects to our underlying health conditions. And so I have been, again, pretty lay person, no real scientific background, just creating a baseline understanding. And every morning I take my heart rate variability. It takes two minutes and I get a score. And recently when I came back from my trip to Joshua Tree, which was an incredible experience. And I will do an episode just on the breath work and everything that I uncovered about myself and this time and space and how powerful the breath work is at unlocking some of these emotional pieces that we hold. But the trip itself was stressful. It was 125 degrees in Joshua Tree in Palm Springs. I had a many, many, many car-related interruptions and cancellations. The car that I rented started glitching, had an electronic malfunction, which led to it not taking gas as I was about to get on the highway. And so I had to change the car and just some more stressful situations than normal. And I came home from the trip and noticed that my heart rate variability was giving me a low score. It was sort of saying, hey, look out, something's up with your body. And it took me about two days. I had a massive headache for a day and a half. I felt dehydrated and exhausted. And I allowed myself, what it gave me was intel. It gave me insight and intel and permission not to power through, but to really read that data and say, okay, what can I do? Can I take a bath? Can I go to bed early? Can I get an adjustment or a massage? Can I go into a float tank? Can I do an extra meditation today? What are the tools that I have here that are going to allow me just to take a deeper breath, slow down? And I think sometimes we, I anyway, get afraid in the slowing down that like kind of won't be able to ramp up again or you know, I started the week thinking I have so much to do. Like this cannot be the week that I have 
a massive migraine and get sick or just feel terrible. But I recognized that was a thought pattern and I gave myself the permission to slow down, to rest as much as I could and still get some things done. And by Thursday, I was feeling much better and was able to actually put more energy and effort into the things that needed to be done. So we definitely have a time, you know, ticking along here. The movers are coming next week. There are things that need to be done. But by keeping myself focused and in alignment with the things I know are bringing me more health, eating well, cutting down on coffee and alcohol, ending my night earlier with something like a tea, closing down my electronics, meditation, journaling, breath work, monitoring my sleep and my heart rate variability, as well as some of the very, very basics, drinking enough water, moving my body every day, even if I don't feel like it, tuning out the people who might bring anxiety or overwhelm with them, really creating clear boundaries about what I can and can take on right now or whose story I can or cannot be around. And on the flip side, touching base and connecting with those who remind me of the power of this transition, of why I'm doing this, why I'm disrupting my family, bringing sadness, you know, feeling all of this process in its hundred million expressions that it is on any given day, why I'm doing this, reminding me that my soul was calling for me to make a change and that I'm following that nudge. And so with these baseline fundamental pillars of health and well-being, I am so far navigating this process with more ease than I think I would without them. So wherever you are, if you are navigating stress or conflict or change or just wanting to improve 1% how you feel, the way you think, and the way you're able to show up with joy, I encourage you to practice and just bring on at least one of these habits each week and start to stack them. You just start with one. Start to feel how good it feels to make time for yourself and then slowly bring in others and fold in these habits into your life until one day you look back and realize they're just like brushing your teeth. You would never go a day without some of these core principles, core pillars of health. And um, I hope that they bring you a little bit closer to the joy that you seek. So I'll be tuning back in in a few weeks on the other side of this move. And in the meantime, I wish you joy and peace and immense love. So rock your joy one day and one breath at a time. Hey friends, if you love these concepts and want to go deeper, you can go to my website, www.anyarock.com forward slash coaching, and let's connect. I would love to help you navigate these interesting and challenging times with more ease and more flow. If you love this podcast, and I so hope you did, please subscribe. That way you'll get real-time updates anytime I post a new episode. 
Feeling inspired and want to share the joy? Leave a review so others can find the podcast more easily. Want to hang out more with me? You can find me on the interwebs at www.anyarock.com. That's A-I-N-E-R-O-C-K. And I'm also on Instagram at Anya underscore rock your joy. Till next time, rock your joy. This episode was produced by Dante32.